Hi, this is Chef Heather Love from The Burnt Inn, and you are listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Cello, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. I'm Fernando Barosio. I'm Andrew Mendoza. I'm Jairo Lomeli, and we are Valley Wolf, and you're listening to Modesto Reboot Podcast. Modesto, 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 Modesto Reboot Podcast. Hello, Rebooters. This is Phasm, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. On today's episode, I have Javier from the American Outlaws. Hello, Javier. Good morning, Phasm (laughs) and Rebooters. How's it going? Doing great, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, uh, Javier, what's your day job? Um, I am in retail leadership. I've been doing that the last 18 years of my life. Uh, it's a fun gig if you like controlled chaos, <laughs> which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Awesome. Where, so where is that? Um, I work out of Manteca at the Kohl's department stores there. I've been there uh, since last March. Been with Kohl's since 2012. Had a uh, stint at Best Buy before that for five years and Home Depot for nine years prior to that. I grew up in a family business, so I've been doing retail since I was knee to a duck. That's your shtick. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. So where did you grow up? Uh, right here in Modesto, on the east east side of Modesto, actually. Yeah. I, uh, I went to Seifert Elementary School. Ooh, so did I. And uh, Teal Middle School. And on to Johansson after that. Uh, it was a, it was really cool growing up out here. I was born in, in San Jose and moved out here in third grade, so it was you know, I was in a little duplex in San Jose and couldn't really leave the concrete slab where the four house meant. And uh, we lived on a real busy street called Camden Avenue and coming out to Modesto at the time and grabbing the BMX and just riding as far as you can, just being home by the time the lights came on and just having that freedom was, it was a huge change. I fell in love with it instantly. It's cool. It's a good change. My son the other day said, Dad, I wish I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> I think we would have been good friends. And I was just like, <laughs> That's oh, awesome. dude, it's amazing. That is awesome. And, yeah, those and moments are great. He's saying that because he keeps hearing from his uh, drum teacher, uh, Matt Harrington, grew up across the street from me. And he and I always talk about growing up, getting on BMX bikes, mm-hmm. bikes, bikes, and just going out and exploring and coming back at dusk for dinner, basically. And yeah, that was it. Just... Yeah, it's, and he, he knows that like things are different now, and you can't just go out and do that. But. For sure, yeah. I grew up over uh, kind of where the Amtrak station is now, out, out that way, and there's that dry creek down that way. So we would get on the BMXs and head out there and see what kind of crawdads we could catch, or lizards, or if you're lucky, you'd see a triantula, all those crazy things you know, that would kind of run around Modesto back then. What was the craziest thing you found out there? Um, a body. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, just buckets of crawdads, taking them home, put them in fresh water, seeing what the neighbors would do with them, you know. Did you eat them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Don't tell anyone, though. Don't let that get out. Yeah. (laughs) That explains a lot. (laughs) Uh, so what other hobbies did you have growing up? Um, let's see. At a young age, I like to draw a lot. Um. Ride skateboards. Uh, Super Nintendo was like 
my jam, right? Duck Hunt, Mario Brothers, Zelda. Um, yeah. Wrestling, I mean, WWF as a kid, like, you know, waiting for that uh, Sunday Night Raw and all that good stuff. So. <laughs> See, I wasn't into that, but I knew, like, tons of kids that were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Very nostalgic. Yeah. Thinking back on that stuff, right? It all comes back around. My kid, my youngest, I have 21 and a 20-year-old, but my youngest is eight. And uh, it's it all comes back around. Yeah. It's funny seeing him like into some of the same stuff that I was in when I was his age. Even fashion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad, can you get me an old school Adidas jacket? Dad, yeah. can you get me some old school Adidas shoes? Like old, We just called those Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> they were just called Adidas, man. <laughs> so then what did you do after Johansson High School? Um, let's see. So at 19, uh, I had my first kid. Yeah, her name's Victoria. She's she's 21 now. Or what I should say we were pregnant with with my first. So um, I was I was working my job at a baseball card baseball card shop. Uh, was that the family? That's a family business. Yeah. So um, I was doing that and and raising a daughter and you know every single time I had a chance I would get out to the bay to go to a rave and. Uh, go out and do that that was a hobby that was a pastime of mine you know kind yeah. of during that time of of my life was mixing and and getting out to the parties and so you were DJing yeah yeah I didn't really do a lot of parties out here did a few in Modesto during that time but uh what was your DJ name DJ mad okay yeah M-A-D M-A-double-D okay yeah, Modesto always does damage, Mad and Deranged Demons. It was just a little stick that I had back yeah. then. It's fun. Hardcore techno. Did that for a long time. Still got, <laughs> still, yeah, yes, yeah. A little faster, a little harder. Still got my deck set up at home. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, one of the DJs I used to chase around back in the day out of Modesto, his name was DJ Steve. He did a lot of big, big parties in, in San Francisco, but he's like my neighbor now. Cool. Yeah. So we'll meet up front, have coffee, chit chat, whatever. Yeah. But it's just funny how things, uh, what a small world it is, you know? It is. He used to chase his dude around just to go watch a mix, and he lives like two doors over. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so after school, you know, I, I worked a lot and, uh, you know, raised kids and uh, focused on my career. Yeah. I decided not to go to school at that point and just got straight into the workforce. And, how many uh, years did you work at the baseball card shop? So... I could be a, a little bit of a, a long story. I can give you the consolidated version of it. <laughs> in 89, we started our business, and uh, we did a lot of, of flea markets mm -hmm. at the time. And then later on, it grew into a shop in Turlock, and then a shop on McHenry, kind of back behind uh, Audio Depot. I think there's a Fisherman's Restaurant right there, and then Audio Depot on the corner. We had our baseball card shop right there. And uh, we also did a wholesale uh wholesale business where we we service 20 different stores in the bay area so we would go oh, and go and stock their shelf so we had basically um accounts with all the major baseball card companies fleer don russ upper deck uh, you name it opg and they would send us the cases and then we would go out and supply them to all the different shops in the bay areas so when I wasn't working in the shop, we'd be loading the van or loading the truck and headed out to the bay to make our deliveries. 
What was the most expensive card that you guys ever had? That we ever had? Oh, that's a tough one. Man, at one point, the cards just got ridiculous. $1,200 for a card, $800 for a card. Probably Joe Montana rookie card. Mark McGuire rookie card was really expensive at one point. Uh, His Olympic card got really expensive at one point. But there were so many that one day they'd be worth, you know, seven, eight hundred bucks and a year and a half later it'd be like a hundred bucks. So, <laughs> you yeah. gotta sell it quick. Yeah, it was like strike when the iron's hot big time. It was a really commodity driven business. So it taught me a lot at a young age, you know, buy low, sell sell a little high versus wait for it to get extremely high and just move it and move on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you dump a little below cost once you've already made your money on a decent, you know, at a decent price on the rest of the product. So just kind of strategizing around commodities. My dad taught me that at an early age, and it kind of carried on into my to my career later on, which is really thankful for. Yeah. yeah. So what was dad the like? Hustle, the hustle. Uh, dad, um, dad was a a ball buster. I don't know if I can say that on here. Yes, you can. Dad was a ball buster. Um, he loved a lot, had a big heart, but man, his expectations were were known. Uh, when you're working and it was hard growing up in a family business because oh i imagine you'd, yeah. you'd be at work and then the hard part was leaving that at work because then you'd all be at the dinner table together you know like you know, and he could ream you for oh yeah you screwed <laughs> up earlier on this or why don't we why don't we close that deal why don't we do this you know so it was hard kind of differentiating differentiating the two sometimes but um dad um was an amputee so on my fifth birthday he went off to work and got in a wreck on the job, ended up losing his leg, wow. spent five years uh, in a wheelchair. And uh, that's where a lot of my love of video games came from because we grew up playing video games together a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's how we ended up doing the card business was because he had a hard time getting around. And at the time, that just made the most sense for him that he could be his own boss. He's he saw a future. He, he sat my brother and I down one day and said, look, guys, you guys have a choice. We're either going to sell dresses and quinceanera stuff, or we're going to sell baseball cards. <laughs> my brother and I looked at each other and we're like, uh, is this a real cards? question? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and he's like, I'm going to let you guys make the decision, but whatever the decision is, we're going after it. And that's gonna, We're going to go after it hard and that's going to be our business. So did you have sisters? Um, I had, no, 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 <laughs> no, it's just my brother. and So I why did he up. even ask that? There was, there, was money. there was money in it. He yeah, saw money in both. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'd be going to LA, and that's how he pitched it. We'd be going to LA every couple of weeks, and we'd be stocking up, and we'd come back here, and we'd supply the valley with. And if you drive down Crow's Landing now, I mean, he was spot on. Like every other place on Crow's Landing, quinceanera and, and dresses and pinatas. And, yeah. you know, back then he just kind of had the eye for it and what was going on in the Bay Area, what was going on in other places, and said, hey, there's, mar- there's going to be a market here. Do you want to go this route, or do you want to go this route? Yeah. So we chose baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it consumed, I mean, it really consumed the family for quite some time. We, it, it, it was a lucrative business for us. It did really well. Yeah. It was fun. Taught me a lot. So just one sibling? Yeah, his name's Chris. It's my little brother, two years apart. Grew up best buds, did everything together. Awesome. Yep. And then what Having was a baby this week, as a matter of fact. Oh. Yes. First, congrats, his, his Chris. First, yes. So then what was mom like? Um, mar- mom was, as far as the business or as far as mom? So mom was, had her backs no matter what. 
would filter everything before it went to dad. <laughs> like, um, mom was kind of the mediator <laughs> between, you know, with dad's ball busting. But uh, when it came down to business, I mean, she took it just as serious as the rest of the household. When it was time to work, it was time to work. Yeah. She put in her work too. But, um, you know, it was good because I always knew when there was tough decisions to be made, I could always go to my dad and he would kind of just put it straight for us. Here's what's going on. And when it was like, I needed a softer approach on things or um, I really just wanted to hear different sides and different opinions of things, I knew I could always go to my mom and she would just offer great advice when it came to stuff like that. Sounds so like some it was a good mix. awesome parents. Yeah, it was a good mix. Yeah, yeah, I, I exactly. I was definitely blessed as far as that goes. So, do you have any crazy stories from growing up? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, let's see. Any times you went to the hospital? Well, it's funny that you should say that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and Teal, Teal Junior High. I think you said you went there. No, I I went to Modesto Christian. Oh, you went to Modesto. Yeah, Christian. but I did go to Cyford. So Teal, we had this. I don't know what you would call it. Just a. Uh, we had a habit of on someone's birthday, we would jump them. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, it's your birthday. We're going to beat you up. So uh, I thought it would be funny at the time to tell everyone that it was my my good friend Brandon at the time. I would tell everyone it was his birthday. But I told everybody, hey, it's, it's Brandon's birthday. Let's jump him. So we waited for lunch and we jumped him. Ha ha, that was hilarious. Brandon stood him and said, you guys, it's not my birthday. You just jacked me. So everyone came running after me, whatnot. Uh, ended up tripping and falling and breaking my arm and walking through school with a broken arm. So I was the one who got punked in the end, and uh, I just sit in the, the karma of that. Yeah. Oh man, instant <laughs> karma. I mean, I mean, here it is, years later, you know, thirty years later, and I remember it. So yeah, first, last, and the only time I ever did something stupid like that. But uh, I remember my grandpa picking me up and just like whacking me in the back of the head. Mom was at work and. Just like, what the heck were you thinking? Why would you do that? What are you thinking? Yeah, no excuses. Just being silly. You're like, I'm a teenager. Exactly. <laughs> In hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing about Modesto? Favorite thing about Modesto? Um, I think it's really cool that we live kind of in the middle of it all. So it's, it's, and I've always said this since I was younger, it's neat to be able to jump in a car, head that way an hour and a half, right? And you got... Bay Area, head a little bit south from there. You got Monterey, you got the ocean. It's beautiful out that way. Head east, you got the mountains, snow, skiing, lakes, rivers. You can go fishing or you can go to a rave. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. I mean, we're like right in the middle of it. And then when you're when you're here, um, in Modesto, the people, you know, there's a there's a lot of really great people here in our town. Yeah, that's definitely. That comes up every time I ask yeah. that is uh, not every time, but most of the time it's people. Absolutely. Locations definitely come up as well. So what is your favorite place to eat in Modesto? That is a loaded question. I will tell you. Um, uh, breakfast right now. I'm on a, a Viva Taqueria kick. I don't know if you know where it's at. It's on Yosemite. It's an amazing little taqueria. I get probably... Every other week or so right now, I'm going, I'm getting a chili killies off the hook. 
off chili the, killies yeah it's like these tortilla chips soaked in red sauce and cheese and over easy eggs it's wild wow really good but uh dinner time when they're open right now my favorite place to go is uh bowers okay get that jag burger with the apples and jalapenos and gouda oh that's wild and uh i'd say lunchtime fave probably uh the, the noodle house, the catfish noodle house on McHenry. Just tearing up some of that, uh, that calamari. Get some of those dipping sauces. Yeah, their food's pretty wild. It's good stuff. Awesome. All right, favorite movies? Whew. You know, that's a tough one. Maybe Reservoir Dogs. The whole Quentin Tarantino. Probably pick one of it, any of those. Uh, Jackie Brown. Yeah, probably Reservoir Dogs, probably number one. Okay. Favorite TV shows? Back in the day, Alf. <laughs> Alf, for sure. You know, any alien that eats I tried to is watch okay th- with me. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay I tried you. to watch that with my son. Oh, I couldn't get through it. Because I remember watching a little bit of it as a kid. Alf was great. Oh, man, it's so bad now. I just spent last weekend watching uh, Predator with my son. He's He's all about the old school. But um, I'd say right now I just started up and it's funny because I kind of get in my, my little like sticks with what I want to watch, but I'm, I'm on a Sopranos kick right now and I've seen them all probably twice, but I just went back to season one and so I'd say that's probably up there. Yeah. Sopranos. Yeah. It's good okay. stuff. So if you could reboot any aspect of Modesto, what would it be? Hmm. I'd say probably the food truck culture. Yeah, I had a chance. I don't know if it was last, maybe two years ago, we went out to Austin. Ooh. San Antonio. Game over. <laughs> and, uh, and we started in Austin and worked our way down to San Antonio. But the food, I mean, the food trucks are, they're everywhere. They're amazing. Anything you think of. I mean, they have whole like epis, epic centers set up with you know, food trucks and, you know, we have stuff similar to that on the Bay Area off the grid and whatnot, but over there, it'd just be like a little corner, five food trucks, boom. And then, you know, a few blocks down another corner, two or three food trucks, boom, there you go. And it's anything you can think of. So I don't know for me, I'm a big food guy, food trucks. Yeah. Reboot. Boom. Dude, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> All right. So you are a member of American Outlaws. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yes, that is my current passion, hobby, pastime. Um, it is my annual vacation. Like, there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I do now is kind of built around that club. All right. Well, in a second, we're going to get more into that. All right, right on, man. Modesto Reboot will be right back. Hi, this is Julie Shear. You're listening to Modesto Reboot. Hi, this is Clark from Stop Motion Poetry, and you're listening to the Modesto Reboot Podcast. And now, back to Modesto Reboot. All right, Javier. Um, American Outlaws, when I first saw it, I was really confused. I thought that it was a car club, or that it was a branch of the Clampers. Also, nope. Or that it was a gang that you guys were going to... You guys were going to name it uh, Hell's Angels, but 
also nope. found out that found out that that name was already taken. So explain to the listeners what the heck is American Outlaws? Plain and simple, we're a U.S. soccer supporters group. So if you could imagine, for instance, the Raider Nation, right? So you got yep. the Raiders team, and then you have the Raider Nation who supports that team. We are the equivalent, but for the U.S. soccer. So. The name Outlaws originally was built to strike fear in the heart of the other supporters. We wear masks over our face in the stand and chant very loud and hit drums. And it was to strike intimidation in the face of other supporters and other teams when they come to our home field. So we would have that advantage. So the last numbers I saw were 35,000 members. Wow. 136 chapters throughout the nation. Uh, Modesto's chapter 18. We've been doing it since 2010. So does that mean 2009? Does that mean you're the 18th chapter? Correct. Yeah, we're the 18th chapter out of the 136 that are out there right now. And excuse me if that number's fluctuated a little bit yeah. since last time I read. But no, yeah. we're we're looking at it up afterwards. Yeah, we're gonna fact check everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's I mean that's the basics behind it. Was you know at the time when when you would go out and uh, watch watch soccer, and even still now you know. The home field advantage wasn't always necessarily the home field advantage. We'd go out and play. I'll try to play Mexico, and Mexico would have the home field advantage in the United States. And the U.S. supporters uh, just weren't having it at the time. Formed uh, the American Outlaws and said, "Here's what we're wearing in the stands. Here, here's how we're going to portray ourselves, and here's what we're going to do to give our team home field advantage." And just went for it. Wow, that's cool. So it's the Modesto chapter, correct? And are they all? Um, Chapters based off of a city? Yeah, so all, all the chapters come out of a city. Um, and the way it works is you need 25 active members to become an official chapter. So um, at the time, back in 2010, our, our founder, his name's Matt, uh, was challenged to come up with his, own, with his own chapter. If he wanted to have a chapter, he needed to come up with a chapter and... Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, he was able to do it within the month. Um, at first, uh, we were challenged to kind of build with the Bay Area. So San Francisco, I think at the time, San Jose were trying to build a chapter. And they were kind of challenged to, why don't you guys just form a chapter together? And, and the idea at the time was to go out and support and get out to the games, but then grow fandom in your community and then host viewing parties in your community. So that just wouldn't work to drive to San Francisco every time a game came on and load up the car and take, you know, 25 members at the time. So uh, he had really fought to get a chapter in our community. And it, it happened uh, pretty quickly. Cool. So how many members are there here? Uh, currently, I uh, looked at the roster the day, I believe it was 73 active members. Oh, wow. 73 active paid dude members. Um, but when we have a big... A big event, a big viewing party. It's not uncommon for us to to pack Wexfords with you know standing room only. Uh, during during a World Cup year, our our uh, our membership will grow over 150 members, active paid dude members. So I know a lot of people that'll come out. Okay, it's fun. So you guys also do some good feel good stuff Absolutely. as well. What what is that? So we we do a lot of. Uh, giving back to the community. We like to give back to the community and kind of get involved with the community. So um, we'll go out and do fundraising. So we did some fundraising in the past where we uh, made a 
so a big portion of what we do is scarves. We'll make scarves. So if you can imagine, soccer supporters always have their scarves that they'll fly out at the game. So we've done scarves in the past for uh, veterans, and we are. Are you crocheting them? Um, I do crochet half them. Our president Chris Ricky crochets the other half, and then it's all profit from there. Now we have we have a couple uh, a couple companies that we work with um, out of the states who then have them produced in. Europe in England and in Europe and then they send them over to us but um that particular run of scarves we were able to to raise $1,650 and then we gave that all back to the local VFW and then the hopes were they were going to work on uh paving their parking lot with the funds uh, that's some of the some one of the things that we've done uh we're constantly doing events to raise money for local soccer and uh, supporting different uh, soccer clubs locally right now. We're uh, heavily involved with uh, FC Central Valley. So uh, it's CVFC, Central Valley FC. Um, we're sponsoring uh, seven teams with them, and then we're heavily involved with uh, Club Leon, uh, sponsoring five teams for them, and there's another three that potentially we're going to be getting involved with here pretty soon. Um, that's just some of the things that we do. So sponsoring a team, what does that entail? Um, uniforms well yeah so that's kind of neat that you brought that up so with Central Valley uh, FC we kind of switched gears last year we we've put a lot of focus in the past in NYSA and we sponsored anywhere from two to three teams a year with NYSA and uh, what we were what we were looking at doing was making an impact on the West Side team over in uh, Stan, Stanislaus uh, Youth Soccer League so we we picked a couple teams and just wanted to focus on them primarily and see how we could help those FCs grow. It's a little different there. That coach brings their club to the league. So it's everything is really independent as far as uh, funds. They, they really need help kind of moving along the way. So with Central Valley FC, um, we bought them 100 kits. We went out and bought them 100 Nike kits, socks, shoes, or pardon me, socks, um, shorts, and shirts. Sorry. Uh, socks, shoes, and shirts. And uh, the USA soccer kits at that. So they're, they're out there in uh, the West Side League running around with USA on their chest. It's pretty awesome. And then uh, That's rad. Um, Club Leon, we sponsor them with a $700 check, and they put our patches on their, on their jerseys. But um, uh, Coach Luis had said that that $700 check paid for half of the kids' uniforms. Mm. They said, hey, it was a true blessing to him. So it's, it's nice to, and it was cool when we, when we gave him the check, the, the whole club came out there, all the kids came out there and like, thank you, AO. Like it was pretty neat to see um, the impact that we had a chance to make on those kids. Yeah. Just help keep the cost of soccer down for them essentially is what we're doing. Yeah. So everyone can play. That's amazing. So where did that money come from? Oh man, that's a loaded question. So we do a lot of volunteer work. Our club is pretty involved when it comes to that so we'll do uh different events we'll go out and pour beer at different events so um a wine and cheese festival a lucky fest um when different opportunities come about we'll see who wants to go through and and volunteer their time and then um we're a not-for-profit so they write a check to our not-for-profit and then that helps us raise money and we take some of that money and reinvest that into merchandise and then build our online store and do merch. Um, not to mention our beer festival. We're working on our third year and it's a, a AO function. It is, it is our event, which is pretty neat. So we've, we've come a long way since 2010. Now we, ha we have our, our, 
we're incorporated. We have a not-for-profit, and uh, we're able to do our own events, too. So the beer festival, is that coming up? Yeah, that's on April 27th, right around the corner. It's going to okay. be a third annual. Uh, we have lots of different breweries who come out there, but this is an actual um, sanctioned home brewers event. So this will be our first time to be a sanctioned home brewers event, and it'll be judged by the American uh, Home Brewing Association this year wow. for the first time. That sounds like a big deal. Yeah, our vice president, his name's Luis. He's not here today, but uh, he plays a big hand in in coordinating and executing. And you know, we we're just so lucky to have so many great members in our club. Um, we have a member, Kimberly, who's just like she. She understands all the ins and outs and a lot of the legal aspects behind what we can and can't do and really guides us along the way. We have a president, Chris, who's like has his hands in so many different things in the community and understands what it is to host a great event. Uh, we have our founder, Matt, who's been you know doing homebrew for, for years now and really understands that community and what it is to have a great you know beer festival and you know, what's subpar and what's world class. And he voices his opinion the, the whole way. Uh, you know, and, and then all the other members who show up to set up, mop, clean, and, yeah. and just, it's, it's, it's a whole club type uh, participation to make it happen. Yeah, there's always those like silent that. helpers. That, oh, yeah, tons of them. Tons yeah. Of them getting donations and all the other stuff. So. Yeah. So but, you brought um, some, some guys with you. Who'd you yeah, bring? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, a couple of really good friends of mine, Matt Ernst, who's the, the founder of Amadesto. Hey, Matt. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. And uh, another really good friend of mine, Chris Rickus, our current president. What's up, guys? Kind of led us to victory over the last couple of days in our World Cup drought. We're here to provide an extra uh, tone of voice, so if Javier is putting you to sleep, we'll wake you right back up. <laughs> <laughs> Tall words. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, what did Javier leave out? <laughs> Fill in the blank. I mean, I think he, he covered it real well. I mean, it's uh, when you look at like what we're doing with Stanislaus Youth Soccer League, I'm just extremely proud of it. Um, you've got a lot of people that um, that really want to play soccer, that are really passionate about soccer, that play soccer all year round, um, and it just feels really good to contribute to those clubs that are so organic. Yeah. And really, truly represent our community. You know, like it was it was neat to like know that we gave a check to Club Leon, who's got a coach who doesn't even speak English and coaches the kids in Spanish. And it's just like this is in our community. And like, hey, like we had an opportunity to help. And that was just it feels really, really good. Yeah. And I actually I know a little bit about the Stanislaus Youth Soccer League because I did the logo for them and the brochure when they were trying to build the facilities mm -hmm. out there. And I like the same thing. I, I was like, this is awesome that this yeah. is so grassroots. Absolutely. Um, I know Brad Hahn was involved with, with that. And um, just yeah, I mean, saw, you should see saw these soccer fields. Have you, have you seen I haven't them? been out there yet. Like Brad Hahn and those guys built these soccer fields. They were just like just like a marsh basically and now they're these beautiful like well-kept wonderful soccer fields out in the middle of the um you know the west, west side, yeah. and like you go there and you know it's it's just fantastic and the city you know hats off to the city of modesto for you know making that land available for that use absolutely and, like it was just a really a big team effort and brad hahn deserves 
you know, immense credit for what he did there. Yeah. I mean, we always hear about like West side doesn't have any sidewalks and what's the city doing, but this is definitely a step in that right direction of caring about the people who are part of our community, but live on quote unquote, the wrong side of the tracks. And, you know, a lot of times we forget that they're even there, but they are, and they're part of our community. And this is, that's just super awesome. And it's it's a good example of like, something really, really good that's having a massive impact almost every single weekend in this community that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Like for nine months of the year, they're using these fields that the city and Brad and and, and frankly, the, the organizers of Stanislaus Youth put together. I mean, I know our club came out and we, um, we helped build the club, the fields for a day. Like all these people came out and contributed and it's really working and like nobody... Nobody even knows that it it worked and that it's existing and no one's celebrating it. It's just, it's really, it's too bad that people don't realize what an amazing thing the city has done there. And it's really brought a lot of life to that that little area on game day. You see people out there selling tacos and slinging tamales and, you know, it's really brought a lot of life to that area on game day. It's really neat to see. Families, you know what I mean? Like it's good for families and making it safer over there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that stuff that you don't hear about, it's, you know, no, no news is good news type of a thing. But yeah, um, you know, it's an awesome thing that we, we have that going on in Modesto. So is there any other ways that a non-member of American Outlaws can get involved with you guys? I mean, obviously they can go to the, the beer festival, right? Yeah, definitely. Come out and check us out at the Beer Festival. Check us out at uh, aomodesto.com. We have a a website there with our uh, events page and links to all of our social media. What's the official name of the Beer Festival? Is it just the Beer Festival? Aomodesto Beer Festival. Okay. Uh, Modesto Modesto Beer Festival Festival is what it's called. Okay. And uh, our tag for Instagram, Twitter is aomodesto. So you can catch us there and Facebook as well. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's not like becoming a men- member is like that hard. You just, it's like 20 bucks a year and that's it. You're Ouch. a member. No, you just know? kidding. Like, <laughs> you get a t-shirt and a scarf, and not a scarf, a kerchief or whatever. And um, and the president will buy you a beer. That's true. And if he doesn't, the ex-president will buy you a beer. <laughs> and if he doesn't, the treasurer will buy you a beer. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like... And if he doesn't, you buy your own beer. <laughs> I, I think that the beer festival is a really good example of what AO Modesto stands for, though, because, like, so you take our founder, Matt, who's sitting next to me, who hasn't said anything. We need to... But anyway... He said hi. So we got, like, Matt, who's, who's so passionate about brewing beer and has been doing it for years, and I've been doing events for years... And then we've got guys like Luis who are just like contributing and Hobbs out there coordinating all the tickets. And my wife is Kimberly is do, like helping us stay legal with on, you know, and pouring responsibly and all that stuff. And so you got all these really good people taking their strengths, putting them together. And like we get this event. Right. And that's like what being in a community is about. When you talk about like Modesto, what, what's great about Modesto? Modesto is community. Yeah. You know, like. People. You people people love each other here just for no reason, and we just all get together and we all contribute and we do stuff and we do great things together. Yeah, and I think that there's the the possibility where in larger cities or more 
I don't know. Spread out. Or yeah, I mean, like, there's you can actually accomplish something here in Modesto. It's it's you know it's not too big to where you can't imagine something and then get friends involved and go make it happen. I just yeah, I think that's the rare quality of Modesto. Absolutely. So we can play into that a little bit just with our club alone. So I mean. Right now we're between a World Cup and a lot a lot of the, the clubs out there, a lot of the different chapters out there have kind of fizzled away or maybe had a t- hard time staying strong through this. And and our community, our club, has been able to stay very active. We, we still meet monthly. Even without a World Cup, we still meet monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have events. We do quarterly parties. Um, and when there is a game, we absolutely find a way to celebrate that. And we're driving to LA next month, you know, a van full of, we're renting a van and taking a van full of people down to LA because we have a chance to celebrate a game on the West coast. Um, when there's a game here, every, every opportunity we, we get, we, we show up big. I was, uh, just thinking the other day we had Copa America, what was it? Levi filled. We rolled down there with 25 members and 200 pounds of meat and just started cooking tacos for everyone. And, you know. So, but for us to be able to stay strong. So, were you selling the tacos? No. 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 We, uh, Just for the club. You, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so we go out there to feed, uh, you know, the American outlaws. But if, I think that was Columbia we were playing. We, we, we fed a lot of Colombian fans that day, too. And cool. got to meet a lot of cool people, which is really cool. But uh, I guess what I was alluding to is, you know, the fact that our community was able to get through these tough times with no World Cup and still stay a very strong and active club is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that, like what you were saying with uh, in Modesto, it's able, we're able to do things because we're a little bit smaller community. Mm-hmm. I think you guys have all touched on it perfectly. I mean, Modesto is unique where the, the community is uh, tight-knit, whereas in San Francisco, and not just San Francisco, but other bigger cities, it's, you know, it's harder to get around to like see everyone, and they're just not as tight-knit. So, And we're lucky enough to have a, a club that, you know, it, Let's face it, like American Outlaws is about supporting U.S. soccer. That's our number one goal. But what comes down to it is we got a bunch of guys that know how to throw parties. Javier talked about it earlier of, of you know, of DJing. And Chris Rickey, if you don't know him, he's, he's very knowledgeable about throwing big events. Uh, X-Fest, Lucky Fest coming up is a great event. Um, and myself, I don't know. I just enjoy going to parties, so I guess I'm, I qualify. <laughs> a party connoisseur. So. You know, and parties doesn't have to mean alcohol and whatever else, but, you know, you know, um, but our, our club and our members specifically are very talented in including all types of different people. And we throw really fun events that when people are just there and they, you know, I, I don't want to cuss, but I call it the what the WTF factor. You know, people just happen to be in a vicinity of where we're having fun. And it's just so... Uh, um, spontaneous spontaneous but i'm trying uh i'm trying to think of the word it's kind uh, of intoxicating intoxicating or uh well you guys know what i'm trying to say but uh it, it gets them to come over and go hey what are you guys all about like what is this thing going on that you guys are so excited about and then they realize that there's a soccer game on you know they didn't even know there was a soccer game on and we're yelling at the tv so we just and we bring a lot of fun and a lot of passion and it and it rubs off it's contagious is what i was trying to say uh, you know, it's very contagious for people that are in the vicinity and, and it, you know, people usually join or they are say, Hey, cool. You guys have fun. You know, they, they think we're weirdos, but, but like, you know, we do a lot for the community. So, you know, it's not all just fun and games, but, uh, it's just a really great club. I've been a pleasure to be a part of and lead for a little while. And it's really Found. awesome. Come check Create. us out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The founder. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and a, a couple other things like is that it's it's super family friendly. Like I feel good about bringing my kids to an AO event. Definitely. They're comfortable. It's safe. Uh, it's appropriate. You know, and and it's great to have like something that I'm passionate about and I can bring my son to, and he's stoked to go. And he plays with Javier's kids and Luis's kids, and it's 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 great to have something that. That I can have like guy friends and like my kids can come, my wife can come and, and hang out with their wives and it's it's pretty neat. The other thing I wanted to cover was I wanted Matt to talk a little bit about what it was like creating the club because I think it relates really strongly to kind of like the um, the perception that people who don't live in Modesto have in Modesto. So just to give you a little background, like American Outlaws is a national organization. As Hov said... There's, there's actually closer to 200 chapters um, in the country. And Matt started one of the first chapters in the whole country. But making that start was not an easy, it was not an easy quest. I mean, he struggled with it. So I just wanted Matt to kind of talk about what it was like to try to sell Modesto to a national organization to, to allow us to have the privilege of having a chapter. Well, um good intro uh well i think what's great you know modesto we always say you know we wish we had this in modesto and that's kind of where it started is you know I have, i'm of the believer of if you want something in your city then you try to make it happen if you can amen so and that's kind of what this podcast sounds to be you know about so that's why it's this is great um it just happened that i i had never heard of american outlaws and i went to uh watch a game on TV at a local pub in San Francisco. It's kind of a long story as far as why I had to go all the way to San Francisco, but it was not televised. Soccer, especially U.S. soccer, uh, was not easy to watch. So we actually drove to San Francisco, and I watched a U.S. game there. It was an amazing, amazing event because you couldn't watch it anywhere else, so it was a huge turnout. Uh, and some, someone you know, came up to me and, and mentioned if I've heard of American Outlaws, and I said no. So he told me a little bit about it, and I researched it the next day, and there was basically a requirement of having 25 members, having a dedicated bar that would, would show the games. And so I emailed them, and it had a contact email. So I emailed the guy, and I told him I'm from Modesto, and I'd like to try to start a chapter. I'd like to have that feeling that I had that day at that game in San Francisco. I'd like to have it in Modesto. He, uh, he told me that you know San Francisco's trying to start a chapter also. Why don't you guys team up with them? And I told him, you know, there's a lot of U.S. games and I'm not going to be able to drive to San Francisco every time. So kind of, to be honest, it almost kind of ended at that for a minute. And uh, and I just decided I looked at the website and it said what the requirement was. So I just started telling people about it and I started signing people up. And within a few weeks, we already had uh, 35 members. So people a lot of times will say, like, Matt founded the, the chapter. Well, I always say, you know, me, me and at least 25 people founded it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just me. I couldn't do it by myself. So, yeah, I mean, the rest is kind of history. But essentially, we just decided to do our own thing. And if and if for some reason uh, the National American Outlaws wouldn't allow us to be a chapter, we would just watch games in Modesto and do what American Outlaws do without being official. Um, but luckily, uh, we, we signed a member who was actually playing for the national team at the time. His name's Heath Pierce, excellent player from Modesto. Cool. Um, that's awesome. And I think to be honest, and Heath brought, you know, his family and his connections and, you know, Modesto is a huge soccer community. So, 
Um, but I think maybe when National saw that Heath Pierce signed up for our club, it definitely gave us some clout, I think. And I got an email from them saying, hey, it looks like you guys have, you're the fast, they told me that you're the fastest chapter to become official. I mean, you got cities like San Francisco and San Jose who couldn't find 25 members. <laughs> and we did it in a couple weeks. That's awesome. So we started in January signing up members, and then there was a game end of January. We started, I'm sorry, we started in December 2009 signing up members. We got the email that we were official in early January, and we took like 15 people down to a game in L.A. late January with our first time being a chapter. And we were, back then they didn't number the chapters, but later on we found out we're chapter 18. So, I mean, it was it was a interesting way that I stumbled upon starting or helping to start the chapter, but uh, it's, I'm so, so happy that I did because I've met amazing people, and yeah, I mean it's it's been ten years now since since those early days, and I wouldn't give it anything back. I've you know I've met amazing people in in this community, and what a ride! It's been a wild ride, and there's many more to come. I mean, come come check us out if you're if you're not into soccer. There's definitely people who show up that are. They just gung-ho root for USA, kind of like Olympic Olympics, you know, every two years people just all of a sudden become ice skating fans or whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously, if you're a soccer fan, it's kind of a no-brainer, but, you know, and even if you root for Mexico or root for other countries, you know, we welcome you. We're not, we're not a violent club or anything like that, for sure. So, uh, if you come and root for your team, you know, we have a, we have a member who's from Bosnia, and, you know, when, when we did play Bosnia, we were all like, yeah, dude, of course root for your team, you know? Yeah. And if you root for Mexico or root for Chile or Salvador or whoever, uh, we just want people to feel comfortable supporting who you support and in a fun environment. So that's what we're all about. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have formed a great little community within this area of like-minded people and same interest and, you know, the family-friendly environment makes it all-inclusive and then you're raising money to do good stuff in our yes, community sir. I love it love it love it so who wants to say all the um, social media info one more time so you can find us on uh, Facebook uh, it's uh, AO Modesto or American Outlaws Modesto on uh, Twitter it's AO Modesto at AO Modesto at Instagram's at AO Modesto so we're super easy to find on social media and you can email us at info at aomodesto.com. And you can visit us on the web at aomodesto.com. Very redundant. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for being on the show. With that, we'll wrap it up and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for having us, Phasm. We appreciate it, man. Follow us on Instagram at Modesto Reboot. As well as Facebook, look for the group Modesto Reboot. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. <laughs> <laughs>